0: And welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy!
1: Hi, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Malin, and I'm so excited to be here with you. It's full swing of the holiday season in our offices now. The winter issue of Quilts and More just hit newsstands last week, we're starting to film holiday project videos, and we even scheduled a weekly soup and sew lunch in the office so we can all get together to eat something cozy and get some handwork done or finish up some Christmas gifts. As things get busier during the holidays, we really appreciate you continuing to listen in. We have a really fun podcast for you today we're talking a topic many quilters have been asking for, unexpected storage ideas. We'll share how to use everything from a curtain rod to a wine rack in your sewing space. We also share a little behind the scenes from our staff stay at Missouri Star, and a few heartwarming stories of quilters making a difference in their community, which we hope inspire you to give back to others during the holiday season and on Getting Social, we chat with Rachel Tomachek of Wren Collective, who shares how she got her start as a quilter, some tips for hand quilting, and how her background in photography and nursing relates to her quilting life. So let's dive in. As quilters, we're always on the search for the perfect storage solution. There are a lot of storage products out there, but today we wanted to share a few out-of-the-box ideas many of which you may already have hanging around your house or can find at your local big box store. So I'm here with Elizabeth Stembo, the designer of American Patchwork and Quilting, who is also my storage soulmate, and we're going to chat about some of these ideas.
2: Thanks, Lindsay. I am just so excited to be here today to talk about storage. You know how much I love it and some of these unexpected ideas are perfect for sewing spaces of any size. We've organized our our ideas into three categories. The first one are things that hang for your wall storage, things that sit for your workspace, and the third one are things that you can travel with for on-the-go or retreat sewing.
1: I love it, so let's get started with things that hang.
2: So um, in the category of things that hang, my number one suggestion are 3M command hooks. They can just work miracles in your sewing space. They're great for transforming previously unusable spaces, such as the sides of cabinets or tables. Um, You can also stick them on the back of doors, um, on closet doors, and even wall space um, can be turned into quick storage with these hooks. They're especially useful for larger or more awkward to store items, such as acrylic rulers. I have so many of these hanging up um, on the backside of a bookcase in my office. And it's great because they're kind of out of sight, but it keeps things really safe and secure.
1: Mm, That's a great idea. So the next idea is using something like a towel rack, a curtain rod, or like a kitchen rail filled with S-hooks which can hold things like scissors, rotary cutters, or acrylic rulers, basically anything that has a hole in it for hanging. (laughs) And you can also use the hooks to hold kitchen flatware caddies, which are like little buckets that you can corral your smaller tools, such as marking tools, rulers, snips, or even thread into and then curtain rods can also hold spools of ribbon rickrack and other embellishments so really easy to just hang on the side of your table or on the wall um just hang your common used items on there
2: that's such a great idea and um the last idea is pegboards which are not a new idea by any means in sewing rooms but it can be an important one if space is at a minimum Pegboard accessories have come a long way recently. So yes, of course, they still have the pegs that come in many different lengths and sizes. But lately, I've been seeing um, a lot of mesh baskets and shelves that have been created um, to hang onto pegboards, and they come in a variety of shapes and sizes. Um, I've even seen a lot of magnetic storage lately, which just means you can customize your wall space to hold exactly the tools you need. We love the idea of putting a pegboard above your workspace to hold your most used um, supplies, like rotary cutters, rulers, fusibles, and thread. And another thing I just love about pegboards is that they are so easy to change out, and you can rearrange them to fit whatever new tool you've purchased or if you have any new storage needs.
1: Yeah, I think people also paint them so that they can match your room and they can really blend in with the wall or stand out as an accent. So you're not stuck with that wood color. Yeah,
2: I've even seen people add really pretty trim molding around the exterior of the pegboard, which kind of gives it a nice finished edge.
1: Fun. All great ideas. So next we're moving on to things that sit. So one of my personal favorites is a wine rack, which is a great option for holding rolls of fusibles, interfacing, or even like small batting scraps. So the spaces in the wine rack can hold multiple rolls, so you're not wasting any space. Plus, if you're like me, you'll probably also store a few bottles of (laughs) wine in the rack in case you're feeling a little celebratory during your sewing time. I like that idea.
2: (laughs) A towel holder is also a perfect holder for fusible. Fusible can sit on the roll and you can just pull it out as you would a normal paper towel and just cut off whatever length you need. You can also use the same method for rolls of ribbon or rickrack. And I've seen people use... um, paper towel holders before to store finished binding so they don't get lost or misplaced while you're waiting for your quilt top to be finished. That's
1: a great idea. And depending on how tall it is and how many unfinished projects you have just waiting for their binding, you can you can fit a lot on just there. Just fill the tower. <laughs> so another common kitchen tool to use in your sewing space is a spice rack. So the empty spice jars can help organize things like buttons or beads by color or size. So it's a convenient way to store your small embellishments and it looks really pretty on your sewing table. And depending on the size of the rack, you also may be able to fit spools of thread or ribbons in it, or you can just leave the jar tops open and uh, store like marking tools or small snips in there. Uh, Plus if your spice rack rotates, you have access to all your embellishments and tools easily.
2: So lastly, we're gonna talk about things that travel well. The first one is plastic lunch boxes. These are not just for food anymore. You can use these divided compartments and stacking containers to create on-the-go English paper piecing kits. You can stay organized by storing your tools, notions, templates, and fabric pieces, as well as your basted hexagons in the dedicated spaces. I love using these for road trips when my projects need to stay secure during bumps and turns or if I just need to throw it in a bag for on-the-go sewing.
1: Yeah and a lot of these lunch boxes I think especially like the bento kind are made of silicone so your snips won't like poke through because it's meant to be a little stretchy and they fold up really tiny so if you're not using it it doesn't take up a bunch of space in your sewing room. Okay the next idea is to use a magnetic tray is usually found at like a hardware store and its like intended purpose is to use for like holding nails or screws it's also a great on-the-go holder so because it's magnetic it will hold like your snips your needles any metal bobbins pins clips thimbles um, or any metal tool basically really tight in place so you can move your projects tools with you no matter where you travel this is especially Especially great during summer when you want to sew outside because the magnets hold everything in place even with any wind.
2: <laughs> such a good idea. Um, a clear plastic bead organizer also makes for great storage for your machine feet and parts. Each small de- um, compartment can be filled with the parts and then you can label them so you can easily find what you're looking for. Because the containers are made of plastic, you can easily place it in a drawer or stack it with your other storage containers. They're available in many sizes, so you should be able to find the perfect one just for your needs.
1: Yeah, and three-ring binders with plastic inserts can hold fabric panels or even small acrylic rulers. So many times a fabric panel can get lost with your other fabric, so keeping them separate and in these clear plastic sleeves allows you to flip through the panels when deciding which one you want to use. And if you're storing acrylic rulers in the sleeves, just make sure to include the instructions in the same sleeve so you remember what they're used for. And then when they're not in use, the binder can be stored on a shelf or in a drawer. And great to stock up on them during back-to-school season because they're very cheap and you can <laughs> just get a bunch for all your needs. That's a great tip.
2: I love all of these ideas. There are so many unexpected storage ideas out there. If you have one that you're, you use in your space, we'd love to see it. So, reach out to us at apqpodcast at meredith.com and tell us all about it.
1: Thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you. We'll be back after this quick ad break. I'm back with Elizabeth for Behind the Scenes from the Crafts Lab, a segment where we share a behind the scenes look at what's happening in the office.
2: Yeah, so last Monday, a week ago, we had a very exciting day in the office. Actually, it wasn't even in the office. It was an out of office, <laughs> office experience. Everyone on staff, on our editorial and art team, along with our marketing and advertising team, we all went on a road trip to Hamilton, Missouri, to the home of Missouri Star Cool Company.
1: It was so fun when we woke up that Monday morning. We actually had like a snowstorm the night before. So we woke yep. up to, I don't know, maybe like three inches. There was a lot of snow to shovel. Yeah. Snow to shovel. We all had to get into the office early and we were like, oh my gosh, are we going to be able to get there? Because it was Mm -hmm. like a two and a half hour drive. Yep. And we had a 15 passenger van we were taking. So we were like, oh my gosh, like, is this trip Mm going to happen? Yep. But it
2: happened and we had such a great time. We piled into that 15 passenger van and headed south and we had such a great time. I've um, been to Missouri Star a couple of times. But Lindsay, this was your first trip, right?
1: Yes, it was my first trip. So I was very excited to get there and see what it was about. I had no idea kind of what the town was like. So we started out by going to their warehouse.
2: That was so much fun.
1: Yeah. So we took a little behind the scenes tour and just got to see kind of how the shipping process works. um, You know, how they store all the products that are for sale, which was very crazy to see just like shelves and shelves of know, So many tools. cool
2: products they produce themselves there. I love seeing like um, they have a whole machine that they cut and use their own acrylic templates to make there which was just fascinating that they do that all there in Hamilton.
1: Yeah and they cut all the fabric by hand so they had a bunch of cutting tables there with Uh, Just, like, a great ladies that were grabbing bolts of fabric off the shelf Mm -hmm. to cut out whatever people were ordering.
2: And I think my favorite room was the quilting room. So we went into their original space that used to be their original warehouse. And inside of it, I think they said there was... Eighteen long arms, and there was just like long arms everywhere, and just rows and rows of quilt tops waiting to be quilted. And it was so fun to see them all working on that. And I'm sure um, a lot of our listeners might even be having quilts quilted there for the holiday season. So I'm sure you're anxiously waiting for them to arrive. But it was fun to see them working on it, and they were even adding binding for people.
1: Yeah, they said they had right now about a thousand quilts waiting to be quilted, and they are all just lined up on. Uh, hanging on hangers, which was so cool to see just everyone's, you know, beautiful works of art just waiting to be quilted. And yeah, they yeah. were binding and they were quilting. It was, like, it was like Santa's workshop almost. It really was a lot <laughs>
2: happening, that's for sure. So then we went and had lunch at um, the Jay's Burger Dive mm-hmm. and it was really good burgers and really good fries. And we needed that because we were hungry at that time. And then we had a whole afternoon of just shopping. Um, so, Lindsay, you and I kind of walked around together to a lot of the stores and we started out in the main shop, which is just kind of like right around the corner from the burger place. And it was fun to start there because um, in the main shop, they kind of do an overview of kind of the new current displays happening in each of their main stores. So it was fun to get a quick overview of all the options and we could kind of come up with a game plan.
1: Yeah. And I almost had a heart attack when we walked in because there was like a cardboard cutout of Jenny Doan and I thought it was her. It was very lifelike. Uh, Like it was so cold out. So when I walked in, my glasses fogged up and I just saw kind of like her shape and I was like, oh my gosh.
2: It was so fun. So yeah, and then from there, we um, headed down the street and we went to all the stores. And I think um, what I loved seeing was how each storefront was decorated so uniquely. It had its own branding. So there was a whole store just of like four boutiques a whole store just for um, baby prints. And I think my favorite was probably the modern store.
1: That was my favorite too.
2: They have um, beautiful painted walls and everywhere you look, there's inspiring quotes and funny puns about quilting um, on the walls. And every space you walked into just felt different from the next one
1: and it just was great to like walk in between all of those spaces. Yeah, can you tell Elizabeth as a designer she was like (laughs) looking at the decor and the wall colors. And the light fixtures. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of a nerd. (laughs) Yeah, but I just think it was so fun being there and you can tell how thoughtful they are and how much work they put into it because it really, it, each store felt so special mm-hmm. and everyone we met there was so nice. Yeah,
2: so friendly. It was a very cold day. um, So it was fun to... Um, actually, some of the stores are connected together on the inside, so we got to like just walk between them. But like every person we encountered, whether they were shopping or a staff person, we're just so excited to be there, um, ourselves included. And it was a great outing with all of us on staff, and we all got to share our purchases with each other. And I know we spent a little bit of money. <laughs> Do you
1: want to share what something yeah. what you bought?
2: Um, so I bought a pattern, um, a Missouri Star pattern, that I decided to be really fun to make a Christmas quilt with. So I bought um, some. Moda layer cakes. It's a layer cake friendly pattern, which a lot of theirs are pre-cut friendly. And I picked it up and it was a Moda bundle from um, Ginger Burr of her Christmas line. So I'm really excited to work on that project.
1: It's going to be so beautiful.
2: And Lindsay, what did you end up buying that day? Uh, So
1: I just got random prints. I don't have a plan for any of it, but I always run out of black and white prints because that's my favorite kind of color palette to use. So I just stocked up on some black and white prints I love. They had a lot of them. Yeah. But I think our whole staff is ready to go back when it's warmer out.
2: (laughs) Yes. I think that'll be fun to like really be able to like take out in the whole town and all the beautiful murals they have on the sides of the buildings. And also, like, visit the museum.
1: Yeah, instead of just running from store to store, freezing. And all the flowers that yeah. they had out were just covered in snow. So I think it'll be fun to go back and yep. see it in a different season. Yep,
2: definitely have to do a, another trip soon.
1: Yeah, thanks, Elizabeth. Yep. Now I'm here with Allison Gam, the designer of Quilts and More, for Quilting Changes Everything, a segment where we share stories of quilters making
3: a difference in their communities. Hi, Allison. Hi. Hi. I have a couple of great stories for you today the first one was um, online from curry pilot quilts can bring so much comfort in times of distress and crisis for members in the brookings oregon community quilters are making sure that they are prepared to comfort those in need members of the brookings emblem club number 256 just completed their fourth annual quilt giving project one of the members said we are a charitable organization and our sole purpose is to focus on women and children. We like to serve locally. The group has donated around 400 quilts in the past four years. Quilts go to places such as Child Abuse Intervention Center, a shelter for battered women, and police and sheriff departments. The quilts and blankets given to law enforcement are for deputies to put in their patrol vehicles and give out to kids who they come across and in contact with who are innocent victims of domestic abuse or other tragic events. Curry County Sheriff John Ward said, what a wonderful organization the Brookings Emblem Club is and the support the members of the club provide for our communities. Quilts and blankets that are donated are very much a community effort. Some people donate materials while others work on sewing and knitting the quilts and blankets." Each quilt is child size, and the fabrics are very kid-oriented, with bright, vibrant, and colorful cats and dogs cartoon characters because they know that the kids are in crisis. First and foremost, it reminds them that someone else cares about them. It gives them a sense of comfort, ownership, and value. The club hopes to continue to make quilts that can positively impact the lives of those in need.
1: Oh, I love that that they use cute fabrics that will really cheer up those
3: children yeah and I love the idea of giving um, blankets and quilts to law enforcement because you never know who they might come across exactly they can just keep them in their trunks for when
1: like even now when it's so cold Mm -hmm. out if they need to you know comfort someone on the side of the road or if there's an accident they can warm someone up such a great idea yeah all
3: right our next story comes from Richmond Register Earlier this year, it was reported that there are nearly 10,000 youth in Kentucky that are in the foster care system. This is a staggering number, and with holidays around the corner, it's a lot of kids without permanent homes and families to celebrate with. One nonprofit organization, Court Appointed Social Advocates, also known as CASA, wants to make sure that these children receive special gifts this year. CASA gives a voice to abused and neglected children as assigned within the court system. CASA recruits volunteers from the community who complete 30 hours to become advocates for children. They communicate with parents, foster parents, social workers, teachers, and medical personnel to learn what a child needs. The CASA of Madison County Quilt Project is an initiative that provides handmade quilts to children in the foster care system. The program was started in January of this year by Ruth Hawkins, whose goal is to make 100 quilts by December 1st. She said, the primary objective is for each child being served by CASA in the county to receive a handmade quilt as a Christmas present. By the beginning of October, the quilt group had made 71 quilts. Some of the quilts are made by individuals while others become group projects. A group at St. Clair Catholic Church in Berea has made quilts similar to the quilting bee style, where several quilters work on a quilt at the same time. There are a handful of different quilting groups in the area that are contributing to Casa's goal of gifting a quilt to each child for Christmas. Ruth said, each time I meet with a group to pick up a donation, I am inspired by the generosity of those who are giving.
1: Oh my gosh, I bet they definitely get 100 before January 1st. They're so close. Yes,
3: and again, it's so great, you know, thinking of kids around this time of year, you know, they're not in control of the situations they're in, so it's nice to give to them. Yeah,
1: especially as we are approaching Thanksgiving and the holidays. Any way you can help others around you with your talents, mm-hmm. I think, is a great thing to reach out to organizations that do that to see what help they need. Yeah, it's
3: good to, you know, check out your local areas, too, and see what you can do to contribute. Thanks so much, Allison. Thanks.
1: We'll be back after this quick ad break.
4: Okay, welcome to Getting Social with Jess. I have in my, <laughs> Wait, what should I say? As I live and breathe... <laughs> I have in guy. studio, in studio, I'm using air quotes because I'm not even gonna tell you where we are. No. Um, I have Rachel Tomachek, and she is with Ren Collective, and we are doing a live in-person interview for the very first time. Welcome to the show, Rachel. <laughs> Thank you. It's yeah. great to be here. Yeah. It's so great
5: to meet you. <laughs> I
4: know this is I, I wanted to press play on this because a lot of times we are on Instagram a lot, we connect with people. All the time for years, oftentimes, yes, and then never meet in person, and we're meeting in person. I know <laughs> I, it's awesome.
5: It's like you're my real friend now. Yeah, wait, we, <laughs> yeah, we,
4: we've just taken this to a new level. So Rachel lives about two hours away from me in Omaha. Oops, spoiler. I was gonna ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she drove over this morning, and we're going to have a fun like morning together, yes. and. I just I just love that this is happening so Rachel please give us a short background of your personal life
5: and like how did you come into quilting yeah so I am a registered nurse by trade actually um, but Five years ago, we had our daughter, and I started uh, just staying at home with her and doing the full-time mom thing. Um, And then I think, as a lot of stay-at-home moms can probably relate, it's always nice to have something just for you. And I think I was seeking that out a little bit, Um, but I wasn't quite sure what that was going to look like. And my mom is a quilter, and she's been quilting for several years now, and she has been trying to get me into quilting for quite a while. Whoa. And so wait, did she quilt
4: as you were growing up or has this been like since you've been out of the house?
5: She's always sewn um, uh-huh. and I actually did make a quilt heavily assisted by her when I was eight. Um, oh, sweet yeah, baby I, Rachel. I still, I still have it. My daughter uses it. And oh, but then I just I didn't really do anything with quilting since. And my mom had other hobbies and she kind of really took it up heavily, I would say probably five or 10 years ago. Oh, okay. And she really wanted to get me into quilting and I really just <laughs> resisted for so I don't, sure. I'm not quite sure why. I just didn't really feel like that was my thing. And although I loved getting quilts as gifts from her, but then she started gifting me quilting notions for like, oh, oh very yeah, very suggestive, very <laughs> <laughs> <That's really> subtle. <laughs> um, So and like I remember one year for Christmas, I think she gave she made me a thread catcher, and I had no. It was like an also like a pin cushion with a thread catcher attached, and I had no idea what this was. And I opened it up, and she goes, "It's a thread catcher." (laughs) Waiting for the audible gasp. I'm (laughs) like, "Oh!" And she goes, "For when you start quilting." Oh. Oh, thanks, Mom. <laughs> so I put it in a closet, and I didn't touch it for a while. Then finally, she just kept at it, kept at it, and we visited a quilt store together when she went, came for a visit one year, and I think my daughter was one or two at the time, and I found a quilt kit that was a, a kid-sized quilt kit, mm-hmm. and I knew it was pretty beginner-friendly. I could get my mom off my back if I bought it, <laughs> and, and just... <laughs> said here I tried it you Uh know so I bought it and I haven't stopped quilting since oh
4: yeah what's your mom's name Sue Sue (laughs) we owe you a debt of gratitude thank you for
5: bringing her to our team (laughs) she's she's wonderful so yeah I haven't stopped sewing since I probably sew most days yeah yeah that's great and so your business is
4: Ren Collective yeah tell us about that title
5: uh so I didn't really intend I kind of just stumbled into being turning into a business it was a a hobby at first mm-hmm. um And I started having people ask, you know, do you sell your quilts? And that's kind of how it started. And they were like, do you have a website? So I just was like, okay, I need a name. And I am not really great with that. (laughs) With naming? (laughs) No. Oh, we've
4: had a few text threads about um, your Ivy League.
5: Yes, yes. It is the hardest part. Naming anything for me is really hard. Um, But so I was like, okay, what if I named in my life? I was like, well, my child, you know, her name is Ren, Wren, and I was like, okay, Ren, I, so I was like playing off of that because I kind of wanted, oh, sure. I wanted to include her name. She was kind of combined with my mom, the reason why I yeah, started. Yeah, absolutely. And so I just did Ren Collective um, because I wasn't quite sure what my business was going to look like. Sure. And I thought Collective kind of was in- encompassing of several things. Right. Um, which I'm glad I did that. Because you never know where things will go exactly, but, so that's kind of how it started. And oh, I love it! Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's been good. So, tell me about your first pattern release. So, my first pattern, I released it in early May of 2019. Um, so I'm fairly new to the whole pattern writing. It's been, I enjoy it, I love writing patterns. I, which is funny because math, sometimes quilt math. Is just not my favorite thing. <laughs> well, especially when you're just begin I mean, not, you're not just
4: beginning, but it can be really confusing. And I remember those times of being just so perplexed. Like,
5: what are we doing now? And Yeah, and it's... So, it was a learning experience, and I am so thankful for that first release. It, I've only done a couple releases since, but I learn every, something every time. And did you say the name of the pattern? Oh, it was Ivy League. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yes, so I did that one, and then I've released... um a rainbow pattern yes. that was but it's called rainbow falls rainbow falls and it's got it's like a little party it's, it's like <laughs> it's like rainbows exploding into confetti I don't know how to explain it, it. is super fun <laughs> it, lo- it just looks like festive
4: like yeah. a party and there's so many um like yeah. col- well with all the patterns there's
5: so many color options and it was a really fun one to write and then I recently collaborated on my third pattern, so. Yeah, tell me about that. So
4: um, you and Susie Williams of Susie Quilts teamed up. You got your gorgeous brains
5: together (laughs) and came up with... Tail Feather. Tail Feather. Yes. So Susie and I, we're just we're great friends. We've always hit it off. And Uh we just, so we talk frequently and, you know, one day we were just like, you know, we should, we should collaborate on something. So we kind of tossed around some ideas and Tailfeather was born. She's much better at naming things than I am. So it is a very cute name. It's, it's fun. And it's a really fun, easy, quick pattern. So that one, I'm
4: I'm thinking, I'm visualizing it now you can use big cuts of Mm -hmm. fabric and when you're using big cuts like things go together really quickly
5: yes it's fat quarter friendly and it really caters to large-scale prints so if you have prints in your stash that you don't want to cut up necessarily because you want to feature the print it works really well for those, so it's and it comes together really really quickly. Yeah. What are the
4: sizes on that? I mean, do you have a, a, what's offered in the pattern, or is it my throwing off? No, you're <laughs> fine. I'm trying to think. We did baby throw, twin, and queen. Oh wow, yeah. So there's, so. I mean, that runs the range of, oh, yeah. any, a big and big to small.
5: And I've seen people turn it into a table runner. You could turn oh, it into yeah. a pillow by adding borders. You really could. Oh, do sure. Anything, but those are the sizes that are written in the pattern. So yeah. Yeah. Um. How often do
4: you use hand quilting in your projects?
5: Oh, I would say if well, if I had all the time in the world, I would do it 100 percent of the time. Yeah. Because it's my it's my prefer like my preferred look. Sure. Um. And I love it's so therapeutic to sit there yeah. in the evenings and stitch away. But so I would say realistically, probably 35 or 40% is, okay. is hand quilted. Um, and will you combine hand quilting and machine quilting on the same thing? Sometimes I do. Um, Sometimes I'll do a little bit of not necessarily stitch in the ditch, but very, really close to the seam on my machine to kind kind of anchor yes. things down. And then I'll go in with um, some big stitch hand quilting because okay. I like the look of those combined on certain projects
4: and it sounds like when you're machine quilting close to the seam you're avoiding the need to quilt through the seam allowances
5: yeah so I press my seams open quite Uh often I do too and no hate no shade yeah so when you so it it's not you can't really stitch in those seams because it's not really anchoring down anything so that's why I go a little bit like an eighth of an inch off to the yeah yes. to the side yeah okay. that's just what I do because I I do press my seams open I know that's well it's controversial, controversial. <laughs> yeah it really is but it just sometimes I I particularly design and work with a lot of with quilts that have a lot of seams in yeah me, and when you press them open it just lays so much better right so yep. but hear, yeah but if it's just something simple and easy I'll press to the side but. Sometimes I like to make things complicated. <laughs> so. As we all do. So.
4: <laughs> so you, in a previous life, took wedding photos. You were a legit wedding photographer. I w-
5: yeah, I was. I think I've always had that need to have some kind of a creative side gig. Yes. Um, like, I loved I love nursing, and, you know, at some point I probably will return to nursing. Mm-hmm. But while I was a nurse, I was also doing like uh shooting weddings and weddings and newborns were my two uh most uh, popular realms i guess yeah so i did i even did like some destination wedding stuff which was fun uh stressful but fun was this (laughs) pre-ren this was yes well i started when before ren was born and i did wrap up photography by the time she was one year old okay it's um, demanding
4: on your schedule. It I'm
5: sure. w- it was hard. Um, with my husband's schedule, him mm-hmm. being gone, and I was never in weddings. It takes up your weekends, and so it just yeah. and it commits you to like sometimes a year in advance, right? Or yep, yep yeah. Okay. So it just wasn't a, the best fit for sure. It.
4: But you're able to use your photography skills yeah. in a whole new way to
5: take gorgeous pictures of your quilts. Yeah, and they, I mean, quilts are the best photos. I guess they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't complain much about anything, so right? yeah, it's been great to kind of dust off the the equipment. And um sometimes I use my iPhone and sometimes I use my big camera. It just depends. And I have a lot of um from those days, I have a lot of connections with photographers, and it, it's really nice to, if I do need some help to say, "Hey, would you mind snapping a really awesome photo of this quilt?" Yeah, and so that, is, has been fun. So yes, I just, we just moved to Omaha in April and it's amazing. I used to sew in an unfinished basement and mm-hmm. now I have a window. It's, it is so delightful. Man, that natural sunlight, it's good for the soul. <laughs> right.
4: And as a photographer, I'm sure you can appreciate that yeah, part too. Yes. Like it makes so many options. It's, it's
5: wonderful. Better. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so. Good. So do you have anything Coming out, are you planning anything, any pattern releases in the near future, or...?
5: Um, well... Uh, Quilters Candy has a oh, yeah. digital subscription service now, which is really exciting. And I will be the featured designer for the November box.
2: Yay. Yeah. So
5: here in a few weeks, um, I have a mini quilt that'll launch in that box, which is really exciting. It's not, I keep calling it a box, but it's a digital subscription Okay, so, service. but it's not a physical box. It's okay. For a fee every month, you get, An exclusive pattern from a designer, and then some goodies. I know she's included like a digital card to print out, like on how to care for a quilt that you can print out when you gift a quilt or sell a quilt. She just has lots, and then it's an exclusive group that she has. Okay. um, That you can belong to and kind of get quilting advice and, you know, all that good stuff. It's like a community. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be featured in the November box. So I have that coming out, and then I'm actually just starting to draft my next. Uh, standalone quilt pattern. Yay. So, yeah. Any
4: hints? Any, any um, deeds?
5: It's, <laughs> it's an in your face design. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it is bold and it is, yes. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. Well, we'll
4: look forward to seeing yeah. what that um, entails.
5: Yeah. I think I haven't made it yet. I have it mocked up and I have the fabric on the way. So yeah, I think it'll be good.
4: Oh, nice. <gasps> we'll have to keep our eye, eye out for that. Well, Thank you so much for not only just like responding to my questions, but
5: you drove two hours
4: to be with me today. I feel so special.
5: It was so, it's so awesome to get to meet you. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And let's go to lunch. Okay. Yes.
5: Yes. (laughs) Let's do that. Peace
4: out. I absolutely loved my time with Rachel it was thrilling really for me to spend time with her and get to know her even more there's just a different energy to an in-person conversation so thanks for being a fly on the wall for two online friends meeting for the first time and you know quite frankly being giggly together um it has encouraged us to keep the in-person connection going so what online friends could you make plans to meet up with uh, quilting events and shows are always great opportunities as well as you know why not playing your own sewing retreat together. Take the chance it is totally worth it. I've updated the show notes for this episode to include where to find Rachel online but a good start is her Instagram account. She's at Ren Collective and Ren is W-R-E-N and there's a dot between Ren and Collective. So I'm Jess and I can be found at Threaded Quilting on Instagram and I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, have a great week.
0: Hi, all, and thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.